ain't good for games. Say it to my face. Say it to my Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You've tuned in to the Flyers Sports Podcast on the planet. This is Stat Lines Matter. My name is Mark Stewart, and I'm here with my co-host, Rob Hunter. We are excited. Yeah! We're excited to be back. Um, <laughs> you crazy. Um, we've been uh, off for about three or four weeks now. Yeah, yeah. We've we haven't been put anything up. Yeah, for a minute um, due to... Uh, Rob had to step away for a minute through, due to an unfortunate um, and untimely loss of his father, who we all loved and respected. Um, so Rob's been away dealing with that. Um, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm back. I appreciate uh, you know you just being there for me throughout that time. Absolutely. But I'm ready to get back at it. Ready to uh, to get back on it, man. We we were had we had we were releasing. Uh, we had a pretty good rhythm putting out a lot of content, yeah. and so I'm ready to just get back into. Yeah, we're gonna pick it up. We're gonna pick yeah, it all up. Yeah, we we yeah. missed. It was a lot of sports stuff going on, but we'll we'll get caught up real quick. We, the good news for me, we were able to you know talk offline a little bit, and I think that even helped you you know kind of take your mind off of big some time. of the stuff. Yeah, big so, time. Yeah, yeah. So we we still did our thing. It's just that nobody else is gonna hear it. And shout out to all my friends and family. Everybody that sent a text message. Everybody that came to my house. Everybody that checked on me. Everybody. That just supported me throughout this. I appreciate that. It helped me get to right now, so I appreciate y'all. No, nah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, before we get into any sort of um, heavy sports talk, I would be remiss. Shout out to my man Jay Weed, so remiss because he would always say I'd be remiss. Um, <laughs> I would. It would be. It would be wrong to go on being a guy from the music industry to not acknowledge um, what Forbes magazine acknowledged this week was that um, Jay Z became. I, they're saying the first billionaire in hip hop. In hip hop, um, that was an artist, I believe. That was an artist. Whatever the distinction was, he's yeah. worth a billion dollars. So you can chop it up and attach it to whatever you want to. A billion is a Ten billion. Ten figures. Yeah. Ten figures. That's that man. bread. That's that bread. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty incredible considering everything. Like you know, he's come from, he's come a long way to get to that billion. Yeah, he, he definitely, uh, you know, from from what nineteen ninety six, reasonable doubt, all the way to to now, fourteen number one albums, twenty two Grammys. Yeah. So he's got the music success, and he's got the business success. Um, you know, uh, part of that was stem with uh, his, uh, I guess I want to call it a feud, but a little tiff with Crystal, and uh, you know, he bought the the. Uh, the Ace of Spades. Yeah, create, and, and yeah. the reason why I'm saying Ace of Spades because I don't know how to pronounce the uh, Armyard de Brignac or de Brignac, uh, the Champagne. Um, so they call it Ace of Spades. As a, I guess as a name. Yeah, I didn't know. I, that's you put me up on something. Yeah, I've, no, actual, I've never known it as anything other than Ace yeah, of Spades. Yeah, yeah, it's Armand de Brignac. Look at you. Uh, but but yeah, so You're so. <laughs> well, their their first endeavor was Rockaware outside, of right? It, and they sold that. For but didn't they have a? They had a vodka too. But I think Rockaware was first. Right. Then the vodka yeah. came, but yeah. before I the. Think, uh, and I think the vodka was more of a Dame Dash thing. Oh, was that a Dame I Dash think, thing? I oh, think, I stand correct. If anybody knows, they can correct us yeah. on that. But Rockaware they sold, and I think, um, uh, late two thousands for two hundred and seven million dollars to Get Iconics. Money. Get money. And then they just kind of just kept doubling up and doubling up after that. Yeah. And, and uh, you know. Yeah, Jay, I think one of the things that has made Jay amazing is that he's his intuition as a business person. Because a lot of times, like, people's, like, instincts are the thing that really messed him up. His 
instincts allowed him to parlay. Look, some people have terrible <laughs> instincts. Have terrible they have instincts. talent, but they have you terrible instincts. You never use your instincts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You stop. Um, no, but Don't his, follow your heart. His instincts every single time lead him to a bigger and better platform. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he's gone from obviously doing the artist thing, doing the clothing thing, um, doing the, the, the alcohol thing, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. But his most, most recent endeavor, and I remember talking about this a lot when he got into tech. Um, through through his streaming service. And there was a lot of, I mean, it's, let's be honest, it's been a little bit of a mess. They've had a whole bunch of CEOs and a lot of changing of personnel. But I said, I told people at the time, I said, this is a brilliant move for him because regardless of anything, even if it's a fail, it's still going to be a win because somebody will buy the technology for more than what he paid for it. So the question just becomes how many more millions is he going to get or is he going to just make a few million off of it when he flips it? Or is he going to be like one of these, you know, Silicon Valley guys that make a billion dollars? But what he's doing and what I know he's doing, and he's done this in every space he's been in, he's learning. So I guarantee you his next tech endeavor will be way bigger and way more successful and way more explosive than, than title. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like in my mind, you Jay-Z, how, you a billionaire. And you got Beyonce pregnant twice. How does like that's the you won on every level that you can win on? Like you, yeah. you, you, you just all right. Thank you. Good night. Like, yeah, yeah, like you it. just shut it. You just shut it down. Like, like, like she. You get to see her in very compromising ways, and she wants you to see her that way. And you got a billion dollars, and you're the best rapper. I'm not touching none of this. I know and, him. I'm going to just be quiet. And you're the best rapper. So you can beat me in the rap contest. Yes. You got the best looking woman. Yeah. And you got a billion dollars. Y'all got kids. Y'all got beautiful homes. Yes. yes. Private jets. Yes. Sold out shows. Yes. Tech companies. Yes. Drink. Your own drink. Yes. You know how, hey, you know how gangsta it is to just be like, I'm about to pour our own drink. And Beyonce wants to see you naked. Like she wants to see you. Why are you talking naked? about that? I'm just saying, about, like, why are you talking about that man? Naked? I'm just saying, like, that's your, it's his wife. That's nah, well, that's, that's what happens. Yeah, that's assumed. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to understand. No, you that. conceptualize it like, yo, Beyonce as a man. Beyonce want to see me naked. That's kind of me. Yeah, totally <laughs> awesome. You know. No, nah, I mean, listen, so, man. I, I, at the end of the day, what he's done and what he's accomplished deserves. The respect. I love the fact that so many people on my timeline yesterday were were showing love and showing respect because I think he's one of those guys that has the rare, um, the rare respect from street guys because they know where he came from and he was yeah. successful in that space, um, and smart enough to put it in the past. And let me tell you, I know for a fact that that part of his career was official. That was no studio studio stuff like. He was he was a guy. Yeah, didn't put a distance between himself and that, and continued to do so over the years. But then at the same time, was respected artistically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times those street guys that go into rap, it's like the rap is the hustle. It was the hustle, but he became an artist. Like he was an artist off the rip, so people respected him from an art perspective. So you got the art community that opted in. You got the street dudes that opted in. And then he made a lot of dope records for girls and party records. And and I think for even for women, I'm not saying they're fixated on him, but what he was is like he's, you know, no pun intended, he became the blueprint 
of what a lot of women felt like they wanted. They wanted somebody with some street edge that could put the suit on and do the business deals. Like every yeah. woman thinks they like that's the blueprint of the of what women want. And he's sort of the 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 manifestation of it in real time. Especially now that he got a billion dollars. Yeah, I I mean, so now the question is like, okay, so he got the billion. He's the best rapper. He got Beyonce. He the, has he surpassed Martin Luther King in the, <laughs> in the black. Who left? It's just him and Obama. Like, it's just him. He is That's black. why you never heard of Michael Jordan. That's black history. He is black history. This is black history no, month. No, he is. They changed it to Jay-Z history month. Hey, but he's, I mean, he's still Mike, though. I mean, it's, it's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan ain't got Beyonce, and that's what I'm saying. That's true. He ain't got, and he, I mean, and, 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 and Jay-Z might still be the best rapper. Oh yeah, no, like he's still, yeah, he's still. I'm like, hey, he always in the discussion. Like, and, and like no one, and no one on like with that's breathing air that's American, is you. No one saying that Jay Z's not cool. Like he get the ultimate. Like, well, I'll salute. give you the, I'll give you the ultimate, and this is how you know he's made it to mainstream. It's gonna sound like a stunt, but it's not. When you sit, when you sit up in front on an airplane, which is where I sit on an airplane. And white folks always want to know when you're sitting there, if you're black and you're in first class, there's always sort of this intrigue. Like, I get this asked all the time. What do you do? What do you do? So I used how to lie. Basically, how, I, how did you get the seat? How did you get the seat? That's yeah. really what it is. How did you get the seat? So I used to lie because shit used to piss me off. And I used to be like, oh, I work for UPS. I would just make up anything because I'd be like, I'm not here to chit-chat. But then I was like, yo, I'm in the music industry. I'm a music publisher, manager, whatever. You know what the first question Always is right after that. I swear on everything. Do you know Jay-Z? Every time. Like, without fail. Do you know Jay-Z? That's how mainstream he is. But the irony is... I do know Jay-Z. He does know Jay-Z. <laughs> Not like that. I don't want to overstate it, but I do know him a little bit, as much as anybody on the peripheral would know somebody. I don't know him personally. We've met a few times. So He was nice enough to take one of my artists on tour well, many years ago. So so shout out to, to, to With Jay-Z. With opening. Uh, shout out to Jay Z for uh, reaching that that ten figure. Uh, yeah, man, that's uh, big. Uh, uh, Mark, not yeah. many of us, particularly in entertainment, get to get cross that threshold. There's some, there's some other ones out there uh, that have done it, but he, yeah, but not not looking and coming from where he came from. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man, we gotta we definitely tip the cap to him. Um, let's talk about the NBA Finals. All right, let's do it, man. <laughs> um, have you have you had an opportunity to watch? Any of what's going on, and yeah, the, yeah. you've been you've been engaged. Yeah, I've watched. Well, I've actually tuned back in because we you missed a whole bunch in the to playoffs, the, and yeah, we, yeah. I watched. I've tuned back into the finals. Um, so I've been able to you know watch the first two games, and I watched a little bit of the uh, the conference finals. So yeah, I'm 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 a uh, I'm all in with the finals anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I think it's um. It's interesting because I think when you watch all this stuff on television and you're paying attention to what's going on, it's uh, we are prisoners of the moment. You know, when when uh, when Toronto coming off of uh, four straight on, well, they won in six, but taking four straight from Milwaukee from the box, yeah. and then ran straight into Golden State and took game one, it was like everybody was just like we was just oh my god like it's over uh the end of a dynasty you know it was like everybody had a narrative about that um not i wasn't surprised when golden state came back and just kind of just workman like yeoman like work and handled their business i thought they were going to win game 1 
I didn't think they would win game I, one. I thought, I thought if they were going to lose any game, it would be game one. No, well, I'm just saying while I was watching the game and watching yeah. the flow of the game, yeah. um, you know, Golden State, I knew the run was coming, but it never actually came. Right. And that's what surprised me because, like, oh, the run's coming. Oh, it's coming. It's just like, it's just winning. Are they going to be able to handle right. it? And, 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 and Toronto, you know, can they push through that? But the run came in the second game and they took it and as we all know in NBA playoffs all you got to, you, your your goal is to is to is to split if you're the road if team if you're the road team you yeah. want to split and yeah. and they got that and now they're going back home and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Golden State win the next 3 it wouldn't surprise me either um i don't here's what, i'm going to tell you what i don't see cuz the only chance that i felt like Toronto really had was to literally just win at home mm-hmm. just hold home court all the way to a game seven. So then, so then that makes it that makes it uh, basically game three a must win for Toronto. In my view, it is. Yeah. It, yeah. Either game three or game four. It doesn't. It doesn't. Think, it doesn't really matter to me. In in reality, if you if you take the home court back and you come back home two two, but I understand you're speaking to the psychological end. Correct. Right. That's that's exactly what I'm right. speaking to because if you don't win game three. Ain't no way in hell you're going to win games. In Oracle. Yeah, yeah, in Oracle, yes. Stranger things have happened, but I understand what you're saying. Like, like, and, and I, but I also have, felt have that stranger way. stranger things happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, stranger things have happened. <laughs> no, um, the reason why I say that, the reason why I say that is because I said the same thing about Golden State before the series. I said, look, I think you need to get one, but you got it. At worst case scenario, you got to split. Because you don't want to go home against this team down 0-2 when the best you could do is even it up. Because then they start really believing. They right. They start really exactly. believing. And we the North. We are the North. And the Six and Drake. Stop. And, and by the way, I love what Drake's doing. I think that I think that without Drake, this is a much less entertaining finals. The All the smack talk that's going on, sure. Drake is taking up the Raptors' side of it, which we've had no smack talk whatsoever from any other players. Nah, they don't and, do that. And the most views, uh, you know, of all the clips that are on social media are of Drake going back and forth with Clay, right? And going back Draymond. and forth, and that's awesome. And if the, you don't ever want to go back and forth with a man named Draymond, no, because that's not his. That's not his first trash talk, especially Green. Like when you Draymond, when you name Draymond, you've been talking smack like said, since you was like four. No, he's supposed to be. He's a, Draymond Green says things like they play with my chick. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Draymond Green says things like, "Like man, she tried to put me on child support." Like, exactly. Draymond Green. That the, that's what Draymond Green's common phrases. Right. But but this is the one Draymond Green that's totally pushed through everything that was supposed yeah, to happen overcame. to him, and he's from Detroit. Right. So it's like he's supposed to be right and having. I don't at least, know why you talk stuff. At Draymond. least felonies. At least four yeah. felonies. Like you know what I'm saying? Like. Criminal trespassing, terroristic threats, because they were playing with my check. I would not. They were playing with my check. I had to let them know I'll kill everybody in here. That's a terroristic threat, Draymond. <laughs> you can't Is do it? that, Draymond. I didn't know that. He playing with my check, though. I done told a lot of fools I'll kill here as they play with my money. You know, this is Draymond. Draymond. Yeah. So he should, but Aubrey, he, but he should plays stay like away a Draymond. From, Aubrey should stay away from Draymond. Yeah, well, what, but he I should run that, that to Clay. But that's why I'm so, And just like have a light skin battle, like a, like a <laughs> biracial smack. Like it should be biracial smack. Like it shouldn't be any other smack. But isn't it? It's. I'm so happy that they, that, that Toronto is in it because of Drake. Because if. You got if Milwaukee was in it, there'd be basically no what what I would feel like no uh, peripheral intrigue. Well, the way that, well, I tell you because Milwaukee, who gonna show up for Milwaukee? But it was kind of cool. Who hot for Milwaukee? Tank. <laughs> Tank. 
Tank been living. My man Tank. Shout out to my man Tank. Tank I'm not going to let you trip. He's been living in L.A. since like 92. Like literally since 92. <laughs> um, who else from? My man Sounds from Milwaukee. Okay. The producer so sound. He going he 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 to hold down. He hey, Sounds can force some courtside seats. He can't force no, he can't force no conversation. <laughs> nah. No, no, no. Like, yeah. nobody, he can say stuff, yeah. and nobody's yeah. going to say Drake, it back. Drake's causing the conversation. Yeah, he really which is. Which has been totally awesome for... Yeah. For, and I think the NBA uh, should should let him do his thing. Yeah, I don't even know why they got in the middle of it. Like why they even like talk to him and yeah. like y'all need to talk to Drake. Like, let, like here's the thing that's interesting about Drake. What kind of seats does Drake have? Because like you, it's like bench, and then Drake, and then like more bench. Like and like it's like there's no seats. It's like Drake <laughs> just got two seats. Like. <laughs> What is that? What is that? And how much do those cost? Hey, I, I don't know how much they cost, but I guess when you've been holding down the six for so long, you know, in the way that he has, I guess you just, you know, you get them special conveniences. And 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 kudos to Toronto for creating those uh, conveniences. Because now, like, because now I'm trying to, I'm going to be calling the Hawks like, yo, I want them Drake. I want them. Can y'all give me some Drake seats? Uh, yeah, it's called not, it's not it's, yeah, it's the not Aubrey. four seats. It's yeah, Drake it's seats. It's the Drake seats or the Aubrey seats. So, so, so is Drake courtside? He's be, he, I mean, do they let him get that off? Because they're not hurting was, for the money. No, I was telling my man. No, I was telling my boy. I was like, he has to go get a go between to get the tickets. Uh, like, because they're not gonna sell them to him. Yeah, right, right, right. right. So you gotta go get so somebody. You need, he need to call E forty and get the tickets. I heard Jay and Beyonce got tickets. Oh, they, I heard they're gonna be. I got, but they've like, been before. Right, but yeah. no, I heard they're gonna be there for Wednesday's game. So, so he should get like he should get like Spice One or Yuck Mouth to get him the ticket. See why you always do that? You always do that shit. I'm gonna tell you what you do because that's your way. Because you have Atlanta rapper arrogance. Because Andre Three Thousands down here. Kick the snake. Then, then anytime you ever talk about another city, you always go to like. They're most remote. Because you do that with my city. <laughs> What's that group you always be trying crucial, to talk about from Chicago? Conflict. Crucial Conflict. When you know we got Kanye in common. You know we got real rappers. But you be doing that. Now you trying to do it to the Bay. I'm not going to have it today. Pope Pimp. <laughs> you, you be doing you, That's low do key. You, you, be, <laughs> you be low key trying to, trying to be slick with that. <laughs> I'm just saying. He could get him the bread. I'm sure they could use it. You know, I'll give you a finder's fee. Hey, you don't understand, man. These dudes, they'll come find you, man. G Easy. That's G Easy to get you some. Hey, that's Rob. Let's be clear. That's Rob Hunter Jr. talking. Hey, I like Keek the Sneak. I like Mac Maul. I like all of the Bay Area rappers, MC8, DJ Quick. I like them all. DJ Quick from the Bay? DJ Quick's from the Bay. That is? Yeah. Wow. I always thought he was LA. Correct me if I'm wrong. He says from Compton. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's the same thing. That is not the same thing, <laughs> bro. That is not the same oh, thing. Oh no, he got all. the song. Uh, you know, Denver is just like Compton. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yo, I'm done. I'm done. Let's, what? Let's, anyway, as far as the what? That's DJ Quick. As far as on the court, <laughs> there's there is some buzz about Salt Lake City. It's just like Compton. Did he actually say that? No, he didn't. Okay, I was going to say, because there's no comparisons <laughs> between Salt Lake City and Compton. Um, so here's the thing, real quick, on, on, the, on the finals here. Um, you, you got some injuries mounting on, on the Golden State side. Looney, Looney's Lo- out. Looney's out. Um, we don't know what's up with Clay. Uh, he's having an MRI. He's like a game-time decision. So he ain't going to be... I don't expect him to be 100% no matter what. 
DeMarcus, go DeMarcus, he's not 100%. He He's really showing you just, like, how skilled he is as a player because he's definitely out of shape. He's not in basketball condition. Um and he's going to need to get in basketball condition in order to get that free agent contract for next year, but he's just giving him all he can. And it was a really gutty performance that he had in game two. Um, he definitely gave him some key rebounds, was passing the ball beautifully. He run like his feet. Like his, like his legs is like heavy. Like they fill with tacks. Yeah, like, like somebody puts like a whole bunch of tacks in the bottom of his Yeah, socks. like his knees hurt. Yeah, ah, yeah, ah, ah. I'm getting down here. Yeah, you see me oh. get, hey, let the big man eat. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Dump it down. Oh. <laughs> Dump it down. Y'all see me working? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he be trying to get down there, man. He, he be laboring, but, yeah, but, but he's, he's skilled, he's though. He's probably the reason why they won game two. Yeah, though. he gave him some really key minutes, and he gutted it out because I don't think they expected him and to play. And he earned probably a huge minutes. contract from that, from yeah. that, from that performance. Yeah, yeah, right for there, sure, man. for sure. You know, he's probably, you know, safe. This uh, you know this this upcoming free agent offseason. So I'm hearing that Durant might be back game four or five, um, maybe game four, which would be great. I think it would be great if if Durant. You know, I'm a I'm a Kevin Durant guy. Love to see him get back out there and contribute to his third ring. Um, so you have, but even if he does come back, he's not going to be 100. percent They're talking about maybe a. 70 to 80% Kevin Durant. But I think they're at a point right now where and then even Eagle Dollars uh banged up. So they're gonna they're gonna need to get some guys healthy. And I think it may as well be Durant in order to get them through. Because it's putting a lot but Iguodala hit that dagger, boy. He's playing he's playing only for Steph. Is what he that said. is not what he said. That's totally what he that said. That is not what he said. That's totally what he said. He did not say only for I'm Steph. Because of Steph, really, that's the only reason. And then he elaborated after that. But as a man, you can't say you playing for another man that's not your daddy or not your brother. Or not Why some, can't you say that? Or, because that's what kind of, of, because what kind of that's, old. That's, like, that's not the most that? masculine thing in the world. I'm playing well, for to, Steph. Why pre- are you playing for okay, him? First of all. You're a grown-ass man. He a grown-ass man. You're supposed to be playing for you. I'm, I'm playing for Steph because he's a good guy, and I like good guys. And you know, it just that fuels me. So when I'm practicing, and you know, what do you what do you got? He didn't say anything. Steph, he didn't say Steph anything. Hanging. Like that. You're adding to it. I'm just saying it's awful. No, it wasn't. I actually thought it was. Pull up, I the, thought it pull was, up the comments. I thought it was if, refreshingly. If, if you guys are listening, pull up if you haven't heard it. I thought it was refreshing. Not refreshing. It was refreshing for somebody. See, the, here's the thing. Suspect. Can I? Can I? Why? How do you play for another so, man? I think you have to understand. How are you playing for was, another man? What is that? Can we can we add some context? That man, that man's married. Can we add some context? Yeah. All right, let's add some context to the conversation. Iguodala has done enough in his career. He's won it. He's won an MVP in the finals. He as a at a time he was a young, <laughs> exciting, athletic player. Then he settled on a for, team for the 76ers. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes. Then he settled on a team that he found a, a clear role with that team. The conversation was about why he came back and why he continues to play because he doesn't in terms of what his uh trajectory was there's nothing else for him to achieve he's got rings he's not going to the hall of fame he's just a he's just a, a really good solid career player in the NBA what he's talking about and I totally relate to and get is he's like look I want to help and be a contributor to a team that is led by Steph Curry. And I think, in a way, I, it's funny because I didn't actually, say that. That's a lot better. I'm playing for Steph. Because you're taking the bite. He, you're he taking said, the sound said, bite. That's really the only reason. What? He's taking. 
Why do you? But why do you have to take that as to mean something about? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're you're intimating that like there's something there's something like what what are you saying? Like <laughs> I'm just saying it sounds tender. That's all. It sounds real why, why, tender. Why, can't, why does it have to? And you, you why does he have to prove six, his masculinity six, through eight big black six eight dudes? So you gotta about, walk around just angry for a tender, light eyed, hazel eyed, light skinned man. I play for the money. You what what you want to say? What you want to say? Hey, I ball. That's what I do. I think it's refreshing. It's not refreshing to say you play for a tender, light skinned man. Well, actually, Steph, Steph not Steph, tender. What he say, said was this tender. is all. This is all bad. It's not. It's Steph not. is tender. And then Steph how, is your, from how your name Steph. gonna be? Andre Iguodala say some soft ass shit like that. Your name is Andre Iguodala. You're not supposed to say. Yeah, only reason I'm playing is for Steph. Now you're changing his voice and everything. Well, okay, okay. It, it was. It was. There was a little tremor in it. Not as much as I put on it. And you raised your, you raised your, <laughs> you raised it up an octave or two. It was ridiculous. Nah, but hey, yo, real talk, what, what Iguodala did in game two was awesome, regardless of whatever reason Well, he but did. here's the thing, too. Like, and this is the part that nobody's talking about, even when they're sort of like, like handicapping, mentally handicapping the next game. Toronto was on a 10-0 run at that point in the game when he hit the dagger. Like, they were coming back because the lead was a little bit bigger, and they had gone back and forth where nobody was really scoring. They had gone three minutes of some real sloppy Steph basketball. I scored in the fourth quarter. Right. And so they hadn't scored in a minute till he hit that dagger. But, like, Toronto was on a 10-0 run at that time. So the game was close. It went about how I thought it would. I, I, I picked Golden State in a close one. They covered the number. I think they were minus two and a half. Golden State was. They covered, they covered that. Um, in, in terms of this next game, depending on who plays. What's the line? Do you know? I don't know, and I don't even know if they put it up because I think they're probably going to wait. Oh, for the injury. For dude. Clay. Yeah, yeah they're going to wait to see if where he's going to be. What he's going to do. Yeah, but I, I expect if Clay plays and DeMarcus, you know, recovers, like, I, I expect him to kind of run him out. So so you think, like, look, just looking at, you know, the the – what Kawhi's been able to do in this postseason. And Kawhi's think, banged up. Do you think he's running out of gas? Um his his I, his, his efficiency is going down in there. Yeah, season. no, he's hurt. I think I, I think And the shooting not, his shooting percentage has declined as yeah, well. Like he's he not hitting like, open threes. Yeah. So do you think I mean do you think that he's just, you know, he's on fumes right now? I think everybody's on fumes. Like I think it's been, I think it's a long NBA season. I think all these guys are gutting it out. Um it kind of shows you what it gives you an appreciation. But he's shouldering a load that I was gonna say okay. that was that was literally the point I was about to get to. It 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 gives you a healthy respect for the way LeBron, Michael, Kobe, what those guys do to get in shape to play a hundred, hundred and five game, however long it is, season. Mm-hmm. Because you never saw Mike, Kobe, or That's LeBron in the playoffs. We know it's eighty two games, guys. Yeah, eighty two games a regular season, yes. but I'm saying a long playoff run. Um but we've never seen those guys like get fatigued and tired. Even when Mike was tired and like his last year with the Bulls, he still had like that ability to hit that last shot on Utah. Like if he he fundamentally was like like really got got it there because he was really focused on it. But like you think about the what the the wear and tear on the legs and the wear and tear just, you know, through the season, and you see it in this series, because guys are falling like flies. Kawhi's, like you said, efficiency's going down, like all of that type of stuff. You see it in this series more than most. Not to say these guys are out of shape, but these guys were battling, some of these guys were battling injuries from the regular season. So, like, LeBron, you know, what we get spoiled with, we watch a guy like LeBron as a guy who really takes care of his body, who's sleeping in the hyperbaric chambers, who's 
you know, doing all the like with the cryogenic, it, spin the, the spinning cryogenic the blood yeah, and all that yeah, type of stuff. Yeah. Like, like he's committed because he wants to be that great, and you got to give him that credit. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think Mike kind of originally set the tone for that. Kobe sort of emu- uh, emulated it, but they were doing more traditional stuff. No, like remember Kobe went to Germany. Yeah, for his knee, yeah, yeah. and then like LeBron was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take everything money can buy." And add it to mine. And that's why he's like, you know, Robocop out there. Yeah. You know, um, I want to talk a little bit about Kawhi before we move on. A uh, couple things with Kawhi that's that's going on. One, everyone's talking about where he's going next year. Um, nobody knows because he don't talk to anybody. Um, where do you think he's going to go? Because I really, really believe that he will shift like the power of the conferences. Like I really believe he has the power. He's one of the three guys or four guys in the league that literally can instantly make you a championship contender or five if you want to add Greek Freak that could literally change the weather in your franchise. I, Where do you think he's going to go? I think, well, okay. There's, there's a two different, that's that's a, two different parts to that question. Is, is where we'll break it down. Do How do you I want, want him to go? Well, where, where do you do want I him think? to go, and where do you think he's going? I go? think he need to come on down here to the Hawks. Okay, let's get back in reality. I think I think that he come down here, meet up with Future, Future fix some of the finest private reserve lean, get Ti offset. You know what I'm saying? Quavo bring Cardi B through and bring some of the finest. Quavo would not be Magic coming with Cardi City B. Girls Off, around. Offset would that be would feel like a championship, though. He just Why don't just Quavo feel like winning down here in Atlanta. B? Huh? Well, I, I said I said offset you said and Quavo, Quavo and yeah. Cardi B. Yeah. They bring bring them here. And then we all go some we all go out and get the girls and then champagne. Does it look like that, that would work on him? Does Kawhi look like that would work on him? No. No. <laughs> I just try to our best pitch, but I think <laughs> I mean we got we got the most cap space. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you can only give come him on so much. Down. Come on down. <laughs> okay, just so I want him to come to okay. Atlanta. Okay, well, well guys, that's the case. I'd like I him to come think, to Chicago. Well, I actually think he's gonna end up I actually think he's gonna end up with the Clippers. That's what I think. I think What I, do you think the chances are? Like what I, do you put uh, it on a, put, on a hundred okay, percent? If basis? I had to put okay, I give the Hawks Stop talking about the Hawks. One percent chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. All right. <laughs> so I give the Hawks one percent chance. I give uh Toronto probably thirty-five percent chance. So that leaves thirty-six or so sixty with a sixty-four percent chance. I think I think it's a two-thirds, you know, basically sixty-six, sixty-four percent chance that he ends up and if you want to eliminate my Hawks one percent, which I'm not, but if y'all want to eliminate it. Then it's probably you know sixty five percent or better chance that he ends up with the Clippers. That's what I think because they got the they got the bomb ownership with Steve Ballmer. They got uh, my man Jerry West. They got a great coach. They got enough money to sign him, and they got enough money to bring in almost another max guy. They they've got the setup. Oh no, they can. You talking about the Clippers? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah I think yeah. they can do two max yeah, guys. Yeah, they they've got the setup. And 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 if he tried to, and the reason why I don't think he could stay in Toronto is because they can't give him a max deal now. They but the uh, but um. The Clippers can, you know, they the Toronto won't have any money to freed up for for uh, for Max deal until after next season when Ibaka and Cal Lowry's um, contracts expire. So, but without going over the threshold, correct? Yes, yes. Without going over the threshold, where yeah. the Clippers, they they're they're already in in the city. That yeah, they're ready to go. To they're they're locked and loaded, and they got the coach uh, with Doc Rivers, and they got the ownership of Steve Ball. Everything about the Clippers it says. Now they've got the intrinsic value. They've got the, the their arrow is pointing up. If 
they're able to land somebody like Kawhi, but they've got the foundation. Except for a couple things. So let me give you my take. <clears throat> I actually think it's the exact inversion of that. I think it's, I think <laughs> I it's, think it's, I think it's 65%. No, I won't even say that. I say it's 60% Toronto, 40% Clippers, and I'm going to give you my reasons. When we, went, when we talked about this last year, and we kind of joked about it at the time, we was like, man, he going to get up there with Drake. Yeah. You know, Drake going to be out there taking around. It's kind of seemed like all that's kind of— All kinda, the butter wavies. Yeah, yeah, it seems like all that's played out, particularly, like, with the way the city has embraced him. Because it's, it's odd. Like, his personality, like, matches Canada. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know how Canada's kind of chill? Very like, his—, his they, Wiggins type. Like yeah, that, like, just, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, you know, like it's chill. Um, and I think, and I, I said this before, and, and this is what I really honestly believe about these movements. I think Toronto's had all season to make their pitch, and they have. Their fan base, the, uh, what they call Jurassic Park, it'd be outside, Drake. How um, you going to lead Drake? And the fact that they have, a like, a clearer path to the finals on a year-in, year-out basis, I think, in the East, depend, depending on what happens with Kevin Durant. Well, and I think, but I think, I think they, you know, if, if they're about to be in rebuild mode, so if they lose they're Kawhi, not, if they well, lose of course, Kawhi. But they knew that. And they they're not going to re-sign Kyle Lowry and Ibaka right. to those. I mean, they're going to be. The, and I think that was a smart play by the GM going, look, we've been right here in this sort of middling area. And then when they made the move to get rid of DeRozan, it was like, this is going to, we're going to go all in. It's like pushing all the chips in the middle. And if we don't get it, then we're in rebuild mode anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be in rebuild mode anyway. So I think they, here's the thing. I always say this. For the team that has the player, you get every day, all day to sell him on your culture as an organization, what you're trying to do, what your long-term plans are. The Clippers got two days. Right. And and so they're going to be like, oh, this is where you could go. This is what you could do. We go to the club, go to dinner. Like, they've taken care of that part in Toronto. Now they can really sell him on the direction of the organization. So that's why I give a little bit of lean to Toronto. Now, here's the thing. Nobody knows what this guy's going to do. This guy's wound up a little bit different. Right. Well, but he, he, he is wound up a lot different. But I think just from everything that we've seen from him with, the with the, obviously, the new home purchase in L.A. That don't mean nothing. Um, and, and I don't think that means nothing. You don't think that means something? No, but no, but I'm gonna tell you why it doesn't mean anything. It's like dudes have to buy real estate. When you got money like that, you have to buy things. He ain't gonna play forever. He's gonna stop playing in his mid-30s. He might be buying that house for when he's done. That's true. But I think You know what I'm saying? Like that, I, think, I don't I think people are reading way too much into where he bought the house. Well, at. well, well, outside of the fact that it's where he's from. You know, it ain't like he but bought, I don't think bought he's from, it. In, he's not from. He's not from L.A. Topeka, proper, Kansas. is he? He's from Richmond, I believe. He's from Richmond. But that's up which north, is, which is like a, I guess like an hour outside. Is that right? Nah, like Richmond hour? up north. Somebody get us the jurisdiction uh, on. Uh, he's from Compton. Well, so then he is from L.A. Yeah. So okay. So so I wanted to. So I think that it, sometimes guys, some sometimes it does mean more to come back home. Some some guys are a little bit more. Some guys can it. handle it better. And yeah. I think and he he was talking about trying to get back to L.A in San Antonio before he bought right. the house. So I just think that maybe he's I think I think he's a little bit different than Paul George as it relates to, you know, I think that he is a little bit more of a homebody, if you will, than uh Paul is. Yeah, I think so, he's like close to his family and I think all that stuff matters to him. And given the fact that he's not a social butterfly. 
I mean, not to anything that we've seen. You know, right. you may feel more comfortable, you know, in that area. But I just, think, I just think he's one of those guys that might be feeling the the sense of like, you know, I don't want to, I don't, wanna, at the risk of sounding tender, the love and respect and the admiration from the. Uh, Toronto fans, I know that's not. No, it's a lot. It's a college <laughs> atmosphere up there. Yeah, it really it's is. A it's a different NBA. And city. I, I think that it couldn't have gone better for Toronto if he leaves. You we, can't say anything. Yeah, we did. We did everything. Yeah, we did we everything could, we could. You know? Like and, you got to get made it to the finals. You yeah, know? one thousand percent. Like they, and I think that's the win. Like let's be clear, getting through and getting to the finals is the win. I think them winning the championship is like the icing on the cake. But I think if you're if you're the GM there. You can say, man, we got to the finals, man, stay so we can finish the business. We could do it next year. Like, I'm selling so him on that. If he wins a ring, does he stay? I think it's – here. I say it's 60-40 if they don't. I think it's 50-50 if they do. Oh. Like, I actually shifted to no, the no, Clippers. Why is that? That's an interesting – Because then I think you came, did what you want, and you left the – like, it's kind of like when LeBron went to Cleveland and got his one ring – like, a lot of the Cleveland people I knew weren't really mad because he blessed them with the ring. Right. And he was like, all right, I got to go do my thing. You know what I'm saying? I think it's kind of the same thing, even okay. though he don't have a long history. Now, the interesting thing about – I got to say this about Kawhi. I don't know if you saw this. This guy is suing Nike. Did you see the story? Mm-hmm. He's suing Nike for saying that they stole – or they not that they stole, but they illegally trademarked his – Claw logo from that he had started uh, creating when he was in college, um, and I have some I on have his some... off day. <laughs> on okay, his... so I'm gonna get to that because I got a couple. I got a couple key issues with this. One, I do. I've overseen some trademarking for my clients. It's like a thing that you do all the time. Like if, if your client has a just an idea, the first thing I do is I call the attorney and start. The trademark process, like name search, just to make sure that you're not about to devote any resources to something that somebody already has. So it's like it's usually something that happens early. Now, when they got into the discussions with Nike, here's the part that I don't understand. And maybe he's just not represented well. Like when you either he's transferred those rights when he signed his deal with Nike. Or if he didn't, why didn't you go trademark the stuff yourself? Because the minute that the Nike people go run a trademark search, it's going to come up that this trademark is owned by Kawhi or a business that Kawhi owns. So obviously he didn't do it. So he's vulnerable. Now, maybe he's trying to like publicly shame Nike into giving something that they probably acquired legally back to him. Because I think what he's trying to do, because he left Nike to go to New Balance, which is a head scratcher in and of itself, you know, which is the, uh, you know, the dad shoe of America, right? The white dad shoe of America. Sure. Let's, let's be honest about that. Um, but I didn't understand, like, what's the basis for at least what I know and understand about trademarking and, and copywriting. Like, if either you own it and you did it or you didn't. Like, if he owns it, then his people put the paperwork in and the trademark would belong to him. If he transferred it in the paperwork, because I don't think Nike would have gone and done it without the rights. The first thing that they're their clearance department would do is to make sure that it's not owned by anybody else, including Kawhi. So it was obviously out there open and vulnerable. Who's his agent? Well, who's his lawyer? Who's his people? I think, and I think what, what you're saying. This is what happens when you get your uncle doing your stuff. Yes. This is what, and what you were saying (laughs) probably is true, you know, that they did that. But Kawhi is saying that I gave them the logo and they, they went and copyright, they went and uh, sought a copyright without, 
my consent or without my knowledge. And so he's just like, hey, you know, that's bad. In the spirit of business, it's bad yeah. business. Um, it's in bad form. It might be in bad form, and they probably never thought twice about it because they were putting it on next to their stuff on his apparel. And so, but I think... On their I, apparel. But see, how you approached it, like your job is to protect and monetize intellectual properties. Absolutely. That's how you're built. Yeah. He not built that way. He, you yeah, know. no, he's not. He's an athlete. Right. But he pays agent fees, I'm sure, at 3%. Yeah, but he pays his, lawyers. Said, and his uncle. And his, and but that's what uncle. I'm saying. Like, <laughs> this is why Uncle Charles shouldn't necessarily be handling your business unless he really knows what to be looking for and what to anticipate. Because right. this is not a small thing. Like, at the end of the day, you're talking about a mark like that. There's not a small thing, especially now that he wants to move it to New Balance. New Balance. He went to New Balance. See, when I say this guy's built different, that's built different. Sure, no, new balance. Cause I, so I dug into this a little bit. Like I, I ended up in a weird deep dive on this, right? I never even come close to buying a pair of New Balance, and I know that they've got some that are three, four hundred dollars that the young kids wear, and they're all hipsters. I, I'm, I'm about Jays. Doesn't, don't it seem like, don't it seem like New Balances be dirty? Like the day you all buy them? the time. It's like <laughs> it seems like the day you buy they just because they, they be running dirty. in them. They be running. No, but it seems like at they the be... store they you, they come to you dirty <laughs> out the box, out the box because someone had been running in them and they were like these are awesome. <laughs> you should you should run in them. Yeah. They let they let they, they uh, customers take them for a, a spin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. take them for a week, bring them back. So I looked. Think. So the thing, the first thing I looked at when I when I started thinking, man, Kawhi is built different. He's a different dude. I said, well, who else is with New Balance? Nobody. There's one athlete. I'm saying I know basketball player. One basketball player. No, it ain't. Yeah, it is. Cool. Interesting story. You're gonna love my angle on this because right. you're gonna go, man. You did it again. You got me again on this one. Pow. So this kid, his name is Darius. Uh, Baisley, he was a 2018, he was a McDonald's High School All-American, committed to Syracuse, originally Ohio State, then Syracuse, then decommitted and said, I'm going to go into the G League, backed out the G League and said, I'm going to sit out and just wait for the draft because he wanted no part of the college, which, as you know, I have no problem with because the college is just exploiting these athletes. But somehow he ended up with a New Balance deal worth initially a million dollars with a chance for 14 million if he makes an NBA roster after his second year and meets certain incentives. The problem with this guy is for whatever reason his stock seems to be dropping. He's not a top prospect. He's a second round grade. So the advice he's been getting is bad. Sounds like it from all the... You know who his agent is? Who? Rich Paul and LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron does it again. LeBron's... I'm telling you, LeBron on the court, spectacular. <laughs> Off the court, he got some Uncle Charles in him. Not, not when it comes to Spring Hill. No, no, no. I ain't talking about... I'm talking about off the court, but court related. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking. I'm not talking about his content. His content game is fantastic. Okay, but no, but Rich Hill. And here's the thing. I actually thought no, Rich Rich Paul. Excuse me. I actually thought what that, he did. That's pretty bad. No, but and here, but here's the thing that I thought was kind of cool. If the dude would have end up being a, like a lottery pick, even like top ten, top twenty, it'll work. What he did was he he set the kid up to do an internship 
with New Balance for the million dollars. It's $200,000 a year for five years. So it's not like they got a, they're not giving an 18 year old kid a million dollar check. They're giving him $200,000 a year, which is about what he would have made, uh, a little bit more than what he would have made in the G League. But he, it was contingent upon him doing an internship and completing successfully an internship. So I think it was responsible and how they approached it, except for the thing is, the dude is not really good enough. So New Balance is out a little bit of money. They could be out more. But the, I think the advice for him to not to go to Syracuse is sort of maybe where the problem is. Yeah, and, you know, just you got to be careful getting involved with people named Darius. Darius. I heard the kid is very smart. Like, Dar- I, I, but still, but he could be. But Darius, <laughs> it still could come up underneath that. You know what I'm saying? So the, the Darius could take over. Yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of Dariuses out there. Darius Rucker. Yeah, but I'm saying, I mean, that's and he one. real. He real Republican. It's kind of like a Draymond Green type of thing. You know, there's always one aberration. <laughs> that because you know, because because real talk, Draymond is doing some. I have some really interesting, smart things. Uh, like, I think all those Bay Area guys end up doing really good things yeah. and smart things. They, they, they start rubbing elbows with those the right tech place. guys. Yeah, yeah, they're in the right place. To, nah, and, absolutely. And you're keeping the right company. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, a little off-season football. Uh, your man, because I know you're not – where do you stand on the whole Cleveland thing? Because everybody's, like, super hype on Cleveland. Where are you? You, you like um, – because I know you're not a Baker Mayfield guy, but I think no. now that they've added some added some pieces – like you have to, they're gonna be something you want to watch. No, okay. Well, my 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 stance on Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham is is real simple. David Njoku, who I really like. Yeah. Um, and uh, Callaway and uh, Nick Chubb, fantastic. Yeah. University of Georgia. Shout out. What's good? Anyway, um, they got my, a lot of weapons. My take, and they getting that boy from Kansas City about mid season. Kareem Hunt. Kareem yeah. Hunt. My my and, Put they, hands and Duke on you. Johnson came back yesterday. Yeah. Who I don't. Anyway, um, my take on Cleveland is very simple. It he, they remind me of the Carolina Panthers back when they first got Cam Newton that first season when he came out. He said, you know, he, he threw a bunch of touchdowns, threw, you know, uh, threw for a bunch of yards, and then in the second season, and then the second season. The, they they had film on them, and a lot of times it's the second season where you know the defensive coordinators have a chance to get a little bit of film on you. So I think that I think that where 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 they're sitting, you have Baker Mayfield who hasn't necessarily shown a lot of maturity, similar to uh, Cam Newton. You got Odell Beckham who hasn't shown a lot of maturity, not a lot of leadership qualities there. But when they're running hot, they're just simply hard to beat, and so I think that. Um, where I stand on it, I just don't see. I'm wondering where the leadership is going to come from. That's what I'm. You know, Todd Kitchen, first year head coach. Um, obviously Odell Beckham just joining the squad. He has to learn a new offense, and they're learning um, some new concepts with Todd Munkin being the offensive coordinator coming in. So they're everybody's learning some. So so I'm just wondering where is the leadership going to come from? It's going to be. It's, I think they're going to be must see TV simply because of if it's going great, they're going to be doing all the popping and locking that you could ever stand. If mm-hmm. they if they if, if things are going bad, then you're going to get obviously great sound bites, interesting uh, post game press conferences, things of that nature. So I think it's good for the league that they have all this attention, particularly in a C-level market. Um, and I think that, and I think that, like I said, they're just going to be must-see television when, you know, game one, just to see what's what's going to happen. Because because you're going to get, there's, there's, there's nothing about them is just going to be meh, run-of-the-mill. It's going to be hot and cold. And so 
where now where I stand on it, 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 it to me it all is going to it's, it's going to boil back to Bull, Baker Mayfield. Is he going to be able to take the next step, or with the defensive coordinators, who a lot of these guys are super smart, are, are they going to be able to make the adjustment? You know, is Baker Mayfield going to be able to take, you know, some of Todd Munkin's? Because they're not changing the verbiage; they're just adding in some, adding of, in more wrinkles. I mean, I'm yeah. sure he was running a, a pared down offense. I mean, you always pair the offense down for a first year. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll you know, I guess we'll obviously we'll see what happens. But you know, I'm I'm I am I I I didn't like Baker Mayfield coming out of college. But I can't argue with year one, right? Um, yeah, I guess I guess where I am, I'm. If this was a stock, I'm buying. I'm buying the stock for a couple of reasons. One, I don't share your views about um, Mayfield's maturity and leadership. I think there's a lot of kids in college that do silly things, and I think leadership. Dwayne Haskins didn't. No, I said I didn't say every kid. I I'm said there's saying. a lot of kids that do stuff in college, or not from that position, and not what he did. Let me finish though. Can I Pat can, Mahomes? Can I, can I get my thing out? Can I can oh, I do yeah, my thing? My fault. Um, no, I think that leadership in the NFL has a lot to do with your ability to do your job from that position, and then guys start to follow. You know, it's like you can be a rookie, but I saw him show. I saw him lead that team, lead that offense anyway, um, through his play. Because Jameis Winston be out there trying to be a leader and, and showing his leadership qualities, whatever some of his antics are, but he don't play well all the time. And so that stuff starts to fall on deaf ears. And we saw that last year with, you know, well, I'm going to eat me a W and all that kind of stuff. But That's been weird from day one. Right, but all that stuff is like, oh, he's a leader no, when I, you winning. And you throw him for four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns, but when you're not, it seems ridiculous. And on the flip side, like, like you're absolutely right. Baker Mayfield runs hot, like personality-wise, he runs hot. And then if you make him plays and guys start to believe in you, then what do they start to think? Oh, we got us a gunslinger, and they get behind it. AKA Brett Favre, some other guys. I'm not saying he's going to be there. I'm saying that's what you're sort of weighing as a maturity level. We don't really know yet. Because if he still makes plays, then he's naturally the leader of the offense and they will rally behind him. What concerns me about what you're saying and what I agree with is that I don't know much about this coach. Like, other than the fact that just from a presentation standpoint, he gives me some, like, Rex Ryan vibes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he doesn't give me the, the you know, that sort of tight jaw thing that you want from your head coach. But then again, is that, is that still a thing? So are you saying that Baker Mayfield is the leader? Whereas I'm asking where the no, leadership is. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is what what I'm saying to you is if he continues to play like he did last year, you don't have to worry about leadership on right. the offense because they will rally but behind. But we know it. regardless of who the quarterback is, you go up and you go down. Tom Brady's had some games where yeah, you of know course. so so I'm not gonna say he's gonna so, tear the league so apart. So when stuff hits the fan, is he gonna be able to sustain if he has two or three games where he's playing not you know, not playing well? And now there's what? There's expectation. That yeah. wasn't there before. No, I don't. Well, it's hard. Nah, you can't really say that there was an expectation. There was an expectation of the team. They was but anytime, but it No, there was an expectation of the team, but you had a coach on the hot seat and you had a, the number one draft pick uh, where a lot of people weren't sure. So from Baker Mayfield's standpoint, there was expectation and pressure. When he got in, he wanted to prove 
doubters wrong. So it's not like he went in there like, oh, I have nothing to lose because I went in the third round. He was the first pick in the NFL draft that nobody had going first. So the, he came out with expectations. Anytime you go number one in the whole entire NFL draft, there is expectation that when you come in, you're going to make plays. And his team knew that. The defensive coordinators that he was going against knew that. And he still was able to produce. The other thing I'll say to your point about adjustments Defensive coordinators are always going to adjust. They threw the kitchen sink at him. They threw a lot of stuff at him last year. But it's not like he's out there, like, when you start talking about, oh, we figured it out. That's really what you got going in Baltimore, where these fools are out here literally running a college offense, where now you're giving the league a chance to look at what they're doing and what's even creating lanes in the passing game. That's something that they got to adjust to. What Cleveland does offensively, they can adjust, but I think he's proven – He's not doing anything other than reading the coverage and throwing the football accurately. Like, they can adjust, but he's going to adjust. I actually think he's a real deal. I think what he has working for him is his ability to deliver the ball accurately, and he didn't get shook in places where people thought a rookie would get shook. And I think that was the biggest thing. And so if you don't get shook your rookie year, that part of it gets better. They threw a lot of stuff at him. He handled it. I don't think that's going to get worse. I don't think all of a sudden he's going to start seeing things and start like oddly turning the ball over or start doing things that he can't do. So you do. don't think the defensive coordinators can adjust? I didn't like, say that. Like, like they, like no, they what do I said is that, all the time. No, what I'm saying is they weren't doing anything unique in terms of like when but, you looked but at quarterbacks have tendencies and those of aren't on film yet. But what I'm but saying now is now they are. No, but Rob, you use Cam Newton as an example. Because the thing they had to adjust to is that he could pull it down and they were running a lot of read option from the quarterback spot, which you don't see every day. So when you start talking about adjustments, that's an adjustment because we ain't seen that. They can look at film and look at the offense that they were running and go, okay, this is what he likes to do, but the adjustments are not going to be so varied. Like it's going to be like, all right, like it's not like he's doing something so unique that they got to adjust and now they got to answer for it. They were running standard NFL plays, he was delivering the ball, reading the defenses, and they threw stuff at him. Are they going to continue to adjust? Yeah, but the adjustment for him is not – the adjustment back is not going to be nearly as hard. Like, they're not they – they wasn't running some gimmicky offense. Okay, so 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 then you say the arrow pointing up on Baker Mayfield will continue to go up, and he'll continue to have similar success that he had last year. Or I don't know I don't know how you – I don't know – I'm asking you what you – I don't know how you take, take anything – Does he take a step forward or go back? I, 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 I – Absolutely believe he takes a step forward. Okay. I was a fan of him coming out of college. I'm a fan, I'm more of a fan of him now because what we what you usually see in rookie quarterbacks, the only ones you ever have to look at and go, year two, I'm not sure, the fall back, the fall back part of it is guys who are relying too much on the run and too much on their legs. Because then you go, Oh, well, he was making plays, he was doing things. Is that gonna be there when the hits start to mount? Is that going to be there when the, when the defensive coordinators put a spy on him? That, that, I think that's what you're talking about. They didn't do that. He was doing, he was running the offense. He wasn't relying on legs. He was reading coverage and he's delivering the football. I think that will continue to get better and better. Okay. Um, in terms of uh, what do you think about uh, Beckham Odell not coming to the OTAs? Because I know me and you talked about this. He, he was a no show at the voluntary OTAs. He was a show up. For the mandatory, same with Le'Veon. What's your what was your views on that? I mean, I think I think he should have I think he should have come to maybe a, at least a week or two. Um, you know, given the fact that you know are they voluntary? Well, sure they're voluntary, but I think when you're coming from a situation where you're coming into a new team, and you're trying to learn, you know, a new offense, and you especially with a new coach, what a vote of confidence that would have looked like for him to you know come in there a week or two early. 
to try to you know get some get some uh you know get some chemistry you know with the new coach with the new offensive coordinator um and obviously with Baker Mayfield just with everybody you know uh, I think that that would have been a show of goodwill on 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 you know if he had been there you know two three years then maybe not you know I mean he'd be one of those veteran guy one of those veteran guys you, you ain't gotta and he's he's put up numbers but put up numbers there and what you're trying to do, they're trying to build something. Right. And obviously you're the biggest name on offense that they have. You're the biggest star. You're so, the biggest star that Cleveland's had since like since Bernie Cozart. I'm saying on the football team. Oh since yeah. Bernie Cozart. Like So yeah, I thought <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought he should have been there. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I don't necessarily agree disagree with your sentiments about what you should be doing. And I guess if it was my team, maybe I feel like a little bit more like adamant, like in your position, where like, man, this this gives us more time to to do our thing, the better. But I also believe that it's voluntary for a reason. Um, that's been collectively bargained, um, and I think the mistake made. I what and this is where you talk about leadership and and uh, maturity. I think the coach made a big mistake. I think the coach coming out and going, he's missing a lot. We're doing the big install, and he's not here. That's a rookie mistake. But but exactly. But that's I think, a rookie coach. But I think mistake. you can kind of you breed that 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 fertile. You create a platform and an environment for something like that to happen when it's been three weeks in and you are you at the Met Gala with a dress on. Like, what are you doing? Like, why why are you doing that? He's marketing and branding. No, he's himself. Sheila E. He's like he's he marketing and branding himself. The glamorous life he wants to be. Yeah, but that's why he's that's why he's the most that's why he's the most marketable yeah, non-quarterback. He's embraced his metrosexuality. Hey, like he put like you think he'll, he got the biggest shoe contract. Like Metro, he has the biggest shoe contract Metro, in the NFL. He is young Metro for real. Young <laughs> Metro, look, like like I, I, I get what you're saying. Is that I just moose? Think, you I don't think, use gel. That's moose. He like, I use moose. <laughs> I don't use gel. See, <laughs> now, I don't know what that is. He's got moose in his hair. He got like whoever the people that used to do Prince hair back before he went to fro. That's who he got doing his. I hair. hated when Prince went to the fro. Me by too. The way. Like who who like like. Prince with the fro. I wanted Prince with the lie. With the yeah, lie. with the pressing curl. <laughs> with the pre- yeah, pressing <laughs> curl. You know what I'm saying? And the eyeliner and all of that. Yeah. Like, like, who, like, whose idea? Like, who told him, yo, when he came out with that lumpy-ass fro, like, that was hot? Yeah, like, but he just got tired, though. Like, his hair, I guess he was over-processed. <laughs> he, got, he got tired of sitting in that chair. Yeah. And just wake up and go with the pit. <laughs> like, I'm just going to hit these streets. But no, nah, nah, no, Prince. I just no. think, I just think uh, what's his name? Freddie Kitchen? Is that his name? Freddie, yeah. Freddie? Fred, Freddie, yeah. I just think Freddie made a mistake. Like I think Freddie, like he did make a mistake. Like, like, because, because my thing but he is, felt the you, pressure though. But my thing is, even if you felt that, you can overcome Odell because Odell's. You think that's gonna be the last time that Odell does something that throws off everybody a little bit? You don't have to like start reacting. I think it's different if a Belichick says that, "Hey man, we doing a big install. He he need to be here for that or one of more, you know, Andy Reid." But, but when you're a but rookie Belichick coach, Belichick would have never said that. And, Be- and um, I was literally about to say that and Belichick would have never said it. Right. You know what I mean? Like so I think he took something that was maybe not great and made it even more not great. Right, right. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Le'Veon, except for the fact that nobody on the Jets organization said anything. And now that they in mandatory camp, he's in and they're doing their install with the running back. Yeah, yeah, and and and, Le- and say, you know, I feel. I think side. Le'Veon's gonna have a big year. You think so? I really do, man. I mean, I know he's gonna get a lot of opportunities. No, that's that. what I'm saying. They you they're gonna saying? feed him the rock yeah, yeah. all over the field, and I know, I know Adam Gase, but it's not. He don't have Big Ben and, and AB. 
That the only them hoes ain't gonna be as, as nah, the, the, no, but and see the, the thing is, ain't gonna be as honest. No, that's true. But I'll say this: he, you, he's a guy you can move everywhere. Like you could literally, and they did. The, the the Steelers used to split him out wide. He can line up against corners and beat corners. He can definitely line up against uh, safeties and linebackers and beat them in the pass game. The question is just about Sam Donald and you know whatever. But we'll we'll get into that a little bit more when uh, when we get into our football preview over the summer. Um, let's talk a little bit. Did you watch that fight? The uh, the butterbean fight. The uh, Anthony Joshua, <laughs> Andy Ruiz. Is it Andy? Andy, the first Mexican heavyweight champion. Shout out to Mexico. My wife's Mexican. Shout out to Mexico. Shout out to Mexico. Yeah, I uh, I, I watched. Okay, so I used. To, I thought it was Dazen. Come to find out, the it's network the is the zone. Yeah. So how? Do, so D A Z N. Yeah, that, that's. So I thought it was. Dazen. That is a rethink. Was, all that. Yeah, that, that's like poor. The zone. That's the like. Zone. like the zone, like that's like you know, that's just like some white dudes, like you know, it'd be cool. You call, call it the zone, the zone, but like, duh, like, yeah, duh, duh, <laughs> duh, zone. duh, zone. And it's like, yo, man, what this you gonna is, do, man? I'm gonna be in the zone. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't have at least one black guy in the conference room because the yeah. black guy would go, nah, one black guy that embraces his blackness, not a black guy that's like in there, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no, even that guy would be like, I don't think we should do that. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, yeah. So, so Anthony Joshua, the uh, the Englishman, and that's the first problem I thought when I when I saw this and I saw how he got his ass whooped, I was like, the first problem is he got two first names. That's already lighting the ass. That's funny. That's like 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 most of the, your first name people are from soap operas, right? You know, like Dylan Christopher. You know what I'm saying? Like like your name is Anthony Joshua. It was only a matter of time before you got your ass whooped. <laughs> So do you think the fact that he's English had to do with the whooping? Hell yeah. Why you Ain't say no that? Ain't no way no big 6'6", big black dude walking around sounding like he finna read Hamlet. Like, that's that's awful. But my man was like that and he whooped Mike Tyson. Who that? Um, what's my man ain't the big dude with the dread? Lennox Lewis? Lennox Lewis. Well, well, okay, but Lennox Lewis lost. He got knocked out by Oliver McCall and Haseem Rahman. Again, might. You know what I'm yeah, saying? but he whooped Mike Tyson's ass. No, nah, he beat he beat and he Mike whooped Tyson. Him. He beat Mike Tyson. He did that, but he he beat Mike Tyson after the prison sentence. See, that's a whole another thing. If he fought Mike Tyson back in '89, you know what I'm saying? He would have. And I think I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Lennox Lewis, I, I'm I, if I'm not mistaken, got some Jamaican heritage going on in there, and so that already can everybody black in that, England that, got. No, Some Caribbean tag that, that could supersede that weak <laughs> shit. They all have that. Like they all Jamaican or West Indian or something. And I just, I just don't think that. I just don't think that you're supposed to be that big and that black and not have like a John Coffee switch. Like you should have a switch. Like even I'm not even saying you shouldn't even be able to speak the king's tongue. But at some point when it's time to whip ass, you gotta switch switch that angry. Black man, you gotta flip that switch. You gotta like, where is your Deontay Wilder moment? Where is yeah. your to this day? to this day? Like, yeah. where, where where is that? Like yeah. you and I know what Andy Ruiz was thinking. And like, there's nothing you can really ever say in the English accent that's gonna sound hard I'm gonna, enough. I'm gonna kick and you. And you know, so after the fight, after the fight, he was being interviewed in the ring. He was like, "Man, you know, uh, uh, Joshua, uh, Anthony, Anthony, I'm about Anthony Joshua. Uh, you know, you got knocked down, you know, four times, man. You know, how you feeling right now?" He goes, "Hey, heavyweight boxing, baby." What the hell kind of response is that to getting your ass whooped? So wait, you did watch the fight? I watched a good portion of it, but I watched it on YouTube. You see what I'm saying? Oh, okay, gotcha. And that was on, that, that he was in the middle of the ring, and he's like, he's like, it's heavyweight boxing, baby, with a smile on his face. 
that's how you like nobody big and black and over six feet from America is gonna be saying that after. Like that's absolutely some, not. That's some cross the pond. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, you just gotta if you get whooped like that. If you get whooped by a dude. That legitimately came into the ring like Butterbean. You just supposed to just walk out. Well, I know what he was thinking. He was thinking Andy Ruiz was like, "Ain't no way no dude that sound like he could be in a Harry Potter film this big and black finna whoop me." Not tonight. Do, but let me ask you the question: Like, as much as he might be that he might be thinking that, why didn't he train accordingly? Because he literally looked like they because got because he saw how he talked. They they looked like they got him. <laughs> he heard like, him talk. It didn't look like they went to the gym no, and got it him. It looked like he's like he's like a cook at Chili's. In the back, like he back there, like dropping is that racist? lemon pepper wings and stuff. Him cooking in the restaurant is that like is that that wasn't racist? How, how does that? How does that? How, how do you? Because a lot of Mex- a lot of Mexican guys cook in kitchens. Oh well, he looked like I mean, he looked like he could fry up some wings. I he mean. do look like he looked like he could eat some wings. <laughs> yeah, sure. both, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, like I was. I I'm gonna tell you why I didn't even bother. Hey, I love the fact you asked that question. Like, I just want to check. <laughs> is that, is, is that, that racist? racist? You know, sometimes you gotta check. <laughs> and what are we, we like? Yeah, that was yeah, we gonna oh. check with Brizzy mixed by? Is that, <laughs> is that <racist? laughs> like he's the decider of what's racist? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but. I, I didn't watch it just because I'm like, who is this guy and why? Like, I just thought the other guy was going to. Like, one guy looked like a real heavyweight fighter, and yeah. the other guy looked like he had just took a. You know how sometimes they go to a guy yeah, late. They said he somebody, trained for 15 weeks, is what he said. He trained for 15 weeks. He had 15 week live. <laughs> he trained for 15 minutes. He trained for 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes. And he was training like my man, uh, like Damon Wayans and. Uh, Great, was it Great White Hope? Is that, what, that, yeah, what is it called? Great White Hype. Great White Hype. My man was just sitting, <laughs> he was just sitting on the couch. Yeah, I, and so the, the, the fight, um, it closed at uh, plus 1100 for Andy, Andy Ruiz. Plus 1100. Did you drop, you drop 100 out? Did you put a thousand on it? Vegas lost money on the fight. Because I'm sure you just take a flyer. That, that's, just, that's what they said yeah. they do. People, you know, walk by, put 20, 40 dollars on something. Yeah. Um, I believe, uh, it was the, uh, the South Point actually ended up kind of breaking even because somebody put a hundred thousand dollars on Anthony Joshua, right? Thinking that he was going to win for yeah, sure, yeah. It was like probably spend a hundred grand and win ten. Grand. He was like, that kind of saved him. Yeah, wow. On that one, so yeah, man. So anyway, yeah, the uh, the Englishman, you know, got the shit beat out of him. Let, where does he go from here? or Do you even care? Well, you know, got, he was he was in the. They got the rematch clause, you know, so he's gonna he's gonna fight him again. Yeah. And, and that'll get, you know, that'll get obviously more eyeballs this time. It ain't getting mine. <laughs> like, because you know what's gonna happen. Like that dude is gonna that dude's gonna beat that that big boy up. Well, and he and he knocked him down in the third round first. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like it was a fluke. But then he got up and he was like, I know I ain't finna let this. There's no way. But you know what happens and in, in, in the, the Like ain't nobody to like tea and crumpets. <laughs> but you know you know what happens in, in the world of fighting, particularly on the heavyweight side. Like, when you don't train for a fight and you get in with another man with real punch and power, because that's what happened with Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas back in, was it, 1990? You could fight that fight 100,000 times. 42 to 1, that one. 42 to 1, this one was 30 to 1. Yeah, you could fight that fight 100 times, 1,000 times, 100,000 times. Mike Tyson's going to whoop him. Right. He didn't train for the fight, but you in with a you still in with a grown man with punching power. But that's what this dude this dude obviously was in super shape, six six. Yeah, but th- he might. But that don't mean he read, he looked the part. But Frank Bruno used to look the part. Frank Bruno, did. but he was from England. Yeah, that's another that's another yeah. one. Frank Bruno, Frank Frank Bruno, like they always say. Oh, Monty Python, 
Man, you, you got, loving. What, what you got against the English? I don't. I love them, but big black dudes should not be over there liking Monty Python and Man you. How do you know If you big as hell Python. and you black. At some point, you got to be able to flip the angle. You got to you got to be switch. able to have a to this day moment. Yeah, you got to have a to this yeah. day. Yeah, and he never had that. He looked cerebral throughout the fight. Oh, hit me in my face. Oh, oh, get hit again. Oh, I'm on the floor. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm on the floor. Oh, oh, five, six, seven. Oh, I must get up. Make it sound like John Lennon. Now you're Irish. That was you went just went Scottish a little bit. Yesterday, like he just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> to Robbie Williams, <laughs> like what are you doing? Like, yeah, I saw a scary spice on those punches there. Yo, you literally <laughs> have unloaded every person from England that you whose name you know. Scary spice. <laughs> you know anybody else from England? I was scared. <laughs> Any, anyway, well, listen, man, this is a good place to punch, punch out for this week, man. We happy to have you back, man. Again, uh, terrible circumstances. We want to dedicate this show to your pops, uh, who I know. Is here holding you down. Great guy. Always been really good to me. Um, but we good. We happy to have you back. And uh, and uh, we're going to get back in here and get in this run and put a whole bunch of these uh, podcasts out. Let's do it, man. So, uh, man, so it. so listen, real quick, I want to um, just acknowledge and get you guys to check into our social media, uh, which is uh, Statlines Matter on Instagram, uh, stat, at Statlines Matter on Twitter, Statlines Matter on Facebook. And um, no YouTube this week, uh, but we're Stat Lines Matter on YouTube. Um, and, of course, as always, you can reach us on our uh, hotline, which is area code 404-500-9017. Text that. You could text late. Rob Rob gets those. He loves late-night text. Text him with your questions, <laughs> uh, your comments, <laughs> or leave a voicemail. Um, but listen, yeah, we're back. We're going to get this one. Send photos. Yeah, late. <laughs> send, send photos please um, yeah so we'll be back man we're gonna be back in seven days time and uh, in the meantime this is Stat Lines Matter peace